0: Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, of have a very special guest, a returning guest. We've done two shows in the past, almost on a yearly basis. His name is Anthony Bennett. He's a solicitor from the UK. And we spoke initially two years ago about the suspicious death of Stuart Lubbock at TV presenter Michael Barrymore's estate. And that was a very well-known case in the UK where a young man was found in a pool and there was a lot of speculation regarding that. And then we followed up with that. From that, we talked about um, and documentary that came on about that case titled Dead in the Pool about Stuart Lubbock. So we've uh, covered that, but we're also gonna cover that case and some updates about Barrymore, but also some updates of what's happening in the UK in a criminal case, the Daniel Morgan case that I discussed with Kieran Goggins. And there was an inquiry that finally came out with a final report And Tony's had uh, a saga, kind of an involvement with the McCann case. Some people might know uh, about the disappearance of Madeleine McCann that happened, I think, in Portugal. And that's also a very significant criminal case that's happened in the UK. So we're going to cover some ground. But Solicitor Anthony Bennett, are you there?
1: Thank you for having me on. Yes, I'm here.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for agreeing to the interview. For people who may not have seen those earlier two shows we did, can you... Talk about your background and how you became involved in the suspicious death of Stuart Lubbock.
1: Right, I'll make it short. Um, I um, worked for many years as a social worker, welfare rights advisor. I then qualified as a solicitor. I then got a political job with the uh, UK Independence Party campaigning for Brexit. And uh, At that time, shortly after I finished working for the UK Independence Party, um, there was news of um, Michael Barrymore, who was the most famous um, entertainer in the United Kingdom, uh, trying to relaunch his career in the beginning of 2006. And... um, I followed this case ever since the death of Stuart Lubbock in 2001 because I lived in the same town as Terry Lubbock, the father. And for years I'd followed the case in the local papers, national papers, and it was clearly a case of great mystery. And when I saw Terry Lubbock reaching for the media and saying how bitterly he opposed Barrymore trying to launch his career again on. Celebrity Big Brother, which is a reality TV show here, I wrote him a letter and said, look, um, I'm a qualified solicitor. I'm interested in the case. Can I help you? And as a result of that, keeping it brief, Terry showed me all the documents that were presented in the inquest. He'd got all the witness statements, all the experts' reports, the pathologists, the many witnesses, um, and I basically combed through all those and realised that the true story hadn't been told. And so I produced a dossier in the first six or eight months, handed it to Essex police, and three months later, they began a full reinvestigation. That was late in 2006. So that's how it all started. I had no real experience in... Uh, criminal cases, cases of corruption, unsolved murders. This was new, really, but the evidence that this was a cover-up was so strong that I felt moved to carry on, and then came the book and a few other things as well.
0: Right, and for people who don't know, Barrymore was on this Big Brother show with who shows up as Jimmy Savile, which is really kind of creepy, who is kind of an infamous figure in the UK, and then the basketball player Dennis Rodman was on there too, so... I think I mentioned
1: it was unbelievable, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I saw Barrymore. I've been kind of trying to keep up with the case, but I saw him on Piers Morgan with his lawyer. So, there's still kind of this, uh, it's still he's still around or trying to seek kind of some kind of public change or or reform his image. Would you agree with that?
1: Uh, Yes, although I think that's come to nothing. Um, the The documentary that you referred to, I think we discussed last time, um, was quite a comprehensive documentary in terms of um, going through the main stages of the investigation and what happened and talking to Terry Lovett. But unfortunately, despite my uh, giving the um, makers of the documentary my book and explaining my theory, they completely dodged it in the documentary and um in fact they had the nerve to call the documentary Barry body in the pool which is precisely the thing which i found to be untrue when i first investigated it
0: um you sorry to interrupt but your differentiation your theory is that he didn't he was put into the pool to make it look as a drowning right that's your opinion is that correct
1: no no i must correct that slightly um I don't think he was put in the pool, I don't think he was ever in the pool and um, one of the things we might come to a bit later is that um, the very incompetent police investigation didn't do what's called a diatom test on the pool, on the pool water. A diatom test would have told the police and everybody whether or not there was a human being in that pool, had that test been done it would have shown whether or not um, Stuart Lubbock was ever in that pool. But no, my contention is that the whole um, business of Stuart being in the pool and being rescued was complete fabrication and that uh, he was in fact probably killed about an hour and a half before the ambulance was called. And incidentally, William, the um, the police now agree with that. Um, Nineteen years later, they have admitted that Stuart was dead about an hour and a half before the ambulance was called, exactly as I said in my book. Um, but what was what would be the point of throwing him in the water after he was dead and then fishing him out again? There'd be no point to that if you could simply fake a, um, a drowning by laying his body out at the side of the pool, throwing a bucket of water over him. And I think, I don't know how much we went through this last time, but <clears throat> the it's
0: been a while.
1: The witness statements, the six witness statements uh, as to how Stuart was allegedly found and allegedly pulled out of the pool were totally all over the place. Um, four different people claimed to have been the first to see the body in the pool. One of them said that he, he found him first with the body floating at the top of the pool. Barrymore himself said that he found Stuart first, that he was staring it up and, at up at him from the bottom of the pool um there were about five or six different accounts of um who was at the pool when he was found and so on so um <clears throat> my point there is that he was all that we know for certain is when the alvinitski arrived he was at the side of the pool only those six lying witnesses claimed that he was ever in the pool and there was no need to if you think about it even the police agree now that um he was dead Probably an hour and a half before he was found. Why would you go to the trouble of throwing his body in the pool, then having to get two people to dive in and pull him out? Can you see? It's no. There's no point.
0: Um, right, but I mean, they're trying to make a cover story, right, for what happened, right? Yeah. So, or so, I mean, it's allegedly trying to make a cover story for what really happened, but that uh, I mean, has there anything like fairly new that has has developed? from this with Barrymore or anything? I mean, do you care to comment about his discussion with Piers Morgan? Oh
1: Well, you know, I I could not believe that Piers Morgan lowered himself to give that softball interview to um, Barrymore. And it was clearly an attempt to revive his career yet again. And, uh, but Piers Morgan is a talented man, but to see him waste his talents in just doing a, a soft soap interview with Barrymore was, was terrible but let me bring you up to date because soon after that um, interview with Piers Morgan uh, Essex police um, and following the documentary as well Essex police announced a reward uh, initially 20,000 pounds and then 40,000 pounds for further information about the death of Stuart Lubbock I was never persuaded that this was likely to be successful But nevertheless, the police uh, went on camera, um, gave a statement that they now believed that um, Stewart had been dead an hour and a half before uh, he was um, found by the side of the pool by the ambulance crew. And having made that announcement, um, about three months later, three or four months later, they arrested one of those at the pool, um, Barrymore's lover at the time, Jonathan Kenny.
0: Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah.
1: And um, so Jonathan Kenny was arrested. Um, where are we now? Um,
0: I'm just kind of showing the audience just the sun's thing about this. That yeah, February 2020. This is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: That yeah, might he, be the old one.
1: No, I think that's. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he um. Um police having arrested Jonathan Kenny Uh, of course Terry the father was um, very excited about this and the police made a number of statements Um, the main one was we've had new evidence from a witness and um, then a a bit later they put it out in the media that they had a um, strong case and that arrests would be made anytime soon none of that has happened. just just an interesting point here, William, but, um when, when I was about to publish my book in July 2007, two weeks before it was published, the, the publication date, um, the police arrested three people, Michael Barrymore, Jonathan Kelly and um, Justin Merritt. So the timing was a little bit odd. It was just before we were about to... Um, Launch our book with a press conference, etc.
0: Um,
1: now this time round, um, the 20th anniversary of Stewart's death was coming up on the 1st of April, 2021. Just a um, couple of months ago, once again, most strangely, just two weeks before um, that anniversary. That was the moment when the police announced an arrest of Jonathan Kenny. Now, the significance of that is that I was contacted during the um, lead-up to the 20th anniversary by many media companies, television um, and so on, who wanted to do a big 20-year update, as the media do, 20th anniversary, um, going into the, um, the case as a whole. Now, all of that was spiked by the police making this arrest because the matter then becomes more or less subjective, you you can't say too much about it in Mm -hmm. case it would be prejudicing prejudicing a trial, so I think it's a kind of rerun of what happened 20 years ago Um, the police making a convenient arrest to make it look as if they're they're doing something, but in fact nothing has happened, and um, can I just tell you that in advance of this program, I spoke to Terry Lovett tonight he's not very well Um, he's pretty dejected about his health and about the um, the lack of an arrest. And he's I asked him if he had a message for the American audience. By the way, he was delighted to know there was such interest in the case in America. And he said, uh, Tony, look, tell them that, um, he said two things. He says, tell them that uh, I don't think the police um, really mean to get to the bottom of it. And the second thing he said was that he felt the, the country as a whole was Going to the dogs, and he obviously mentioned the recent case of Daniel Morgan, which he know knows about, which has been the major talking point in in Britain this week. Um, can and- you
0: elaborate on that and why it's all over the news in the UK? And I've talked to somebody, Daniel Morgan. Uh, case his name is Kieran Goggins. If people want to go back through the list of my interviews, you can hear me discuss this very important case out of the UK.
1: Um, there's so much to talk about, it's very hard to summarize it, but um, just the main points, William. Um, in 1987, we're going back 34 years, Daniel Morgan was found with an axe in his head in the pool of blood outside um, a pub in South London. He was a private investigator. And uh, one of the th- one of the claims made by his brother, Alistair Morgan, who's been fighting for justice for 34 years, is that he had honed in on a network of police corruption, that is um, private investigators and media and corrupt criminals and gangsters all working together to allow criminal gangs to flourish with the help senior police officers now again b- very very briefly following that over the next 25 years there were six separate investigations reviews if you like by other police forces uh, yeah. hampshire police was one of them and then uh, and various other forces now when it came to about 10 years ago the family led by alice de morgan the brother uh, who's who's run a brilliant campaign for thirty four years. he and he and other family members sat down with the top police officers and said, "Look, um, this inquiry, I want every single I don't want any single police officer involved in this case who is a freemason. I want every single police officer to sign a declaration that they are not and never have been a freemason. It's quite unprecedented, I think you'd agree
0: i agree definitely
1: yeah so that sixth investigation proceeded for about two or three four years with if if the police were honest um dozens of police officers all not freemasons committed to getting to the truth now at the end of that um review uh, the sixth review recommended that three people should be charged with murder uh, one of them was called Jonathan Reese, and I can't quite put my name on the on the other two, but they were people who were associated with Daniel Morgan and who had reason to fear that um, Daniel Morgan might have implicated them. Um, to cut a long story short, this did go to trial, and um, it appeared to be heading towards. Um, A major criminal trial but just before it started the police suddenly found um, a whole sheaf of additional evidence and um, the judge uh, the single judge who was deciding preliminary matters decided that the the new evidence was so significant that he could not proceed with the trial and so the trial was aborted and uh, obviously the family were crushed at that news. And um, bit by bit, they persuaded uh, politicians, their member of parliament and others, to launch a, a, an unusual public inquiry led by a barrister called Nuala O'Lone. And about a week ago, no, four weeks ago, she handed her report to our home secretary.
0: That's a pretty Patel, right?
1: Pretty Patel. She... Um, initially said that she wasn't going to release it until she'd looked at it and redacted it. However, on Monday this week, the report was published. And if you look at the headlines in the British press, um, she was absolutely scathing. And she used these words, and I quote, the Metropolitan Police were institutionally corrupt. And on the back of that, uh, calls have been made by the inquiry team and by many politicians for the head of the Metropolitan Police to resign and um, she won't of course and uh, really this vindicates the the investigations I've done into two or three cases which all end up with a network of police corruption and um, probably in the Lubbock case it's more difficult to prove than others but um, the in the lovett case there was there was corruption is this that corruption is hard to prove
0: right but what was the other case about the guy who ended up in the cement mixer what was the case you worked on that was also you said you found corruption about
1: yes I, after i got involved in the lovett case in 2006 um many people came to me for help thinking i could um solve other mysteries, uh, one case stood out and that was the case of a young man, 33 year old man called Lee balkwell And um, the story that was accepted by the police was that he had been crushed in a cement mixer at one o'clock in the morning. Um, and that it was all a tragic accident. And he came to see me at the end of 2006. Say, so bear in mind, I'd not investigated these sorts of things at all in in my life. But he then unfolded me a series of events from which it was absolutely plain that just like the Lubbock case, um, there was a cover story, uh, a fake th- uh, reason for the death. And uh, I I discovered that um, by analysing the, the CCTV of the night's events and all the All the documents, or as many as we could get hold of, that it was quite clear that uh, although he'd been working on the concrete mixer early in the evening, uh, he had clearly uh, been um, placed in the concrete mixer, and the concrete mixer switched on almost certainly after he was dead. And I can say that because Britain's probably top pathologist, Richard Shepherd, has recently um, done a, a major. Report on the case, and um, his report is far better than any other, much more comprehensive. And he has absolutely nailed the fact that um, Lee must have been dead when he was placed by others on the um, concrete mixer. And uh, it's not a case, William, that's reached quite the same level as publicity, but it's just as terrible a cover up um, of a murder as the Lovett case.
0: Right. And this, this uh, Daniel Morgan case, too, they, I mean, even to today, didn't they say this lady Cressida Dick was kind of uh, trying to keep the inquiry from, uh, what they say, contributed to a wider lack of candor? They said here. So what do you think, like not only your position, but what's the UK kind of public's view of this whole situation, this Daniel Morgan findings?
1: Yeah, if I can just say, in addition, Cressida Dick was criticized for... Actually, frustrating the inquiry and uh, blocking it, and uh, Block denying it. Ac- access to documents, which is about as serious as an accusation as you can get. Um, it's rather strange. Um, you'd expect the media to be running stories every day, ha- you know, seeking to hound out uh, Christy Dick. She seems to be one of those people, William, who who is. Um, Uh, sort of Teflon character nothing seems to stick to her at all and of course you'll probably remember she is the one who um, effectively ordered the killing of um, a young man um, in London I forget the name now but he was um, uh, Cressida Dick identifying as a a suspected terrorist and uh, a a group of police officers killed him on the tube Um, but it was found out that he was um a, a recent uh, immigrant from Brazil who was working in the locality and uh, had nothing to do with it and um so it's a bit of a mystery why, having been in charge of that spectacularly failed investigation, two years later, she's promoted to the government um, I I would, blame, I would blame our media for not covering this sufficiently. um if it was a politician they wanted to get rid of, the media would be all over the case, but um they're not. They're um, they're. We've moved on to other things, Boris Johnson and other things. So.
0: Right, and I mean, I just think that, uh, do you think that this just institutional corruption is due to them just wanting to cover up uh, their own corruption, or just to? What, what do you, What do you think the real kind of overarching well, purpose of this I, stuff?
1: I've not. I've not read the whole report, but I've I've been briefed on uh, the the main points. Um. If we look at the connections here, um, there is a major connection to somebody called Andy Coulson. Um, Andy Coulson used to be the editor of the News of the World, and he was actually the editor of the News of the World at the time of the Lubbock case. And um, some years later um he became the chief political secretary of our prime minister david cameron and um he was implicated in the background um in the in connection with the daniel morgan case to the extent that he is alleged to have conspired in some way to keep the real story out of the newspapers so um but not only that um The report by NULA alone alone suggests that specific police officers with very senior positions uh, actively try to frustrate the um, inquiry. And, um, for example, in the reviews, I mentioned these first five reviews that that were held, which were unsuccessful. Um, They actually had met police officers on the reviews, more or less monitoring what was going on. So um, The police are um, being criticised. Of course, uh, with um, Andy Coulson having worked for many years for David Cameron, um, this goes right up to major politicians in the country as well. Andy Coulson, by the way, had to resign from that post because he was um, um, implicated in um, the. He was implicated in the scandal of. the tapping telephone calls.
0: Oh, right, that whole that was a huge scandal there in the UK, right? Yeah, another scandal. Yeah. A huge scandal. Yeah. So, so those are really interesting things. Do you care to talk a little bit about your involvement in the disappearance of Madeline McCann?
1: Yes, I, I'm quite happy to do so. Um, again, just to give you some background, um, I've told you that it was January two thousand six that um, I was given the um, Lubbock case to investigate and um, I could scarcely believe the extent of the cover-up in that case. I could I could not believe that such an obvious case of a fake drowning um, had been covered up so successfully. Then came the Lee Borkwell case in um, December, I think it was, uh, that year that he came to see me and I started investigating that. And then on the back of that, um, came the uh, disappearance of Madeline McCann, which was um, occurred. She was reported missing on the third of May in two thousand seven. So uh, by by this time, I was spending all my time looking at um, cover-ups and cases of injustice. And um, I, the the McCanns were arrested in this case on the seventh of September. 2007 which was my 60th birthday and i remember talking to my wife right at the beginning and saying something isn't quite right here what what um what got my interest in the very first week was um the stories of how um allegedly the the family were um eating out in the restaurant about 100 yards away from where the children were and allegedly going back every 15 minutes to check on them and that seemed an unlikely scenario very unlikely um and then somebody else said oh we were checking them every 30 minutes and then somebody else said we were checking them every hour so in the very first week there were these discrepancies and i talked to my wife and said who who goes out to a restaurant um and every 15 minutes um walks a A couple of minutes back to see if the children are right and then walks back to have the next course and so on it just seemed um, unreal and um, I suppose to cut a long story short um, I I got deeply involved uh, in looking at the case and I at that time I wasn't really very familiar with the internet and how it worked and I discovered almost by accident one one of these internet chat rooms forums uh, where people openly hundreds of people almost thousands in fact very early on were discussing the case and uh, they were of all of a like mind that this wasn't an abduction and um, so I I got to work on the, on the case and studied it um, from what information we, we had and of course a lot of information has come out since and um, originally I, 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 I did think that this story of the children being Neglected uh, to the extent of them being left in the in their apartment while they were eating. I thought that was probably true, although unlikely. So I I decided to um, attempt a private prosecution of the McCanns for um, having um, neglected their children, leaving three children, aged three and two, um, on their own. And I researched this very carefully and discovered that um, although this happened in a foreign country, in fact, uh, according to the um, European Convention uh, on uh, Legal Matters, um, the host country is is responsible for prosecution. So in other words, if a British resident has neglected children in Portugal, um, then it's the um, British government who has the jurisdiction to investigate so I wrote off to the magistrates court in Leicestershire uh, saying look on their own admission they were leaving these children um, 100 200 yards away um, for six days in a row on their own admission Um, I think they should be prosecuted for child neglect under the children and young persons act 1933 which covers this Um, now I got a very swift response from that Um, no sooner as I, I handed in this letter, than, within two days, I got a letter from the, the High Court in, in London saying that um, there was absolutely no question of there being any jurisdiction in this country, contrary to what I'd read, and so my summons wouldn't be proceeded with. This was publicised. The summons obviously didn't, never got off the ground, but when people saw that there was somebody standing up publicly, and challenging the McCann's account I was overwhelmed with um, inquiries and uh, as a result of that uh, a few of us got together a small group called the Madeline Foundation and we began investigating and uh, publishing material on the case and uh, I'm not sure whether you're aware probably not but um, in to God, I'm cutting a very long story short but in November uh, December 2008 it was about a year and a half after she disappeared i published a book called <coughs> um the, the, the title was uh, what really happened to madeleine mccann 60 reasons which suggest she wasn't abducted and uh, this again made a, a big impact because it, nobody had dared to um to question this um before and um the book started selling quite well uh, we've got many more members. Um, new material was coming out from the Portuguese investigation. Of course, by this time, the McCanns have been arrested uh, by the um, Portuguese police and um, made official suspects in the case.
0: Yeah, there was a huge investigation in Portugal, right? I mean, it involved a lot of resources, if I remember correctly.
1: Um, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, a lot of resources in portugal but also significant the one of the most significant moments was when the portuguese police contacted scotland yard the metropolitan police in london and possibly one of the most significant developments in the whole case was when the british um police um metropolitan police somebody called mark harrison um said to um the uh, Portuguese police look you you need to have sniffer dogs in there to see if there's any evidence that there was a body in the flat and um, he um, then recommended somebody called Martin Grime um, who was uh, uh, arguably one of the world's top dog handlers Um, incidentally uh, William, he now works for the FBI in exactly the same capacity and i believe he's been instrumental in helping to solve one or two murders in the united states martin grime his name is and martin grime took his two sniffer dogs called Keela and eddie to portugal in the end of july beginning of august um 2007 and um, one of them was a, a blood dog and one of them was a one that specialized in the scent of a corpse cadaver scent and uh, i can say all this quite freely because it's factual um i'm not making this up nobody can deny it the um the sniffer dog found um the scent of blood in sorry the scent of a corpse sorry the scent of a corpse in um a total of 11 different locations associated with the McCann's that's in the in the flat in the children's bedroom in the main room um on the veranda in the McCann's car and the blood dog also found traces of blood in the um McCann's flat living room and in the car and on a key fob as well and I suppose really um that alone, when that news leaked out um, and was publicised in the British press, of course there was huge, massive interest. And um, for me, that was probably sufficient um, to persuade me that in fact the young girl had died, however the death had occurred. but The evidence seemed to point to the death having occurred in the flat. At whose hands we don't know, and how we don't know, but the evidence seems so strong that uh, I carried on, uh, as you know, with my researches, and then published the book a year later.
0: And that the case has just really gone global. There's a huge documentary, I think a six part documentary on Netflix, and on all kinds of podcasts. They always mention the Madeline McCain case. They're just yeah. people are because of it. This huge saga. Mm-hmm. From what two thousand and seven to the present, to the four, you know, it's, people are still discussing. It's it's really kind of a global yeah. global true crime case. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, uh, very much so. Yeah, the, the whole world knows about Madeleine McCann. Of course, it, it's this case is still in the news very much because the um, Scotland Yard have latched onto a a rather um, strange um, German character called uh, Christian Bruckner. and they now are holding him out as the chief suspect in the case so it's very much in the news still. Um, But um, yes of course there was interest uh, across the world I have to say on the Netflix documentary William I've not seen it but I've seen reports of the contents and um, I'm afraid they they left out all kinds of um, key evidential points um, in, in that documentary.
0: It wouldn't be the first time in a so-called ostensibly true crime documentary that happens. So it's actually very common. Yeah, I found that in a lot. There's, uh, there, they're much more interested. In my opinion, a lot of those true crime documentaries are more interested in creating drama than actually laying out the facts if in I a very can, cogent manner.
1: Sure. If I can just take the the, uh, the spotlight off myself for a minute, um, if if people are looking for A real penetrating um, investigation into the truth of this case and I'm not saying what he says is 100% accurate but I would really strongly recommend that people google the name Richard Hall alongside Madeleine McCann and he has made some brilliant documentaries with many of the facts revealed and um, on limited resources this man has done Amazing work, and um, far excels um, Netflix in terms of his handling of the real forensic and other circumstantial evidence.
0: And all of his work is available online. I think he put it out there for free, if I remember correctly.
1: Yes, he has. Yes, yeah, and uh, people can copy it. And, and, uh, and
0: right. Richard Hall, Richard Hall,
1: Richard, Richard Hall, yeah. Um, but I, I, as I've explained to you before, before we went live, um, I, I I can't really say too much about my own opinion other than um to say that um I, d- I don't think she was abducted and um as to what really happened i i have i've had my thoughts i've been told by the courts that i can't um uh repeat them anymore i can't make any libelous claims about them i can so um having been taken to court and given a um a three to three month prison sentence suspended. Um, if I say much more than I already have done, I'm at danger of um, being imprisoned. And, well, um, let's
0: let's not do that. Let's not make okay. that happen. Mm-hmm. We are at 40 minutes. So um, if there's anything, Anthony, you'd like to add as we kind of wrap up or anything, where can people reach out to you? Social media, email account, anything like that?
1: Well, the one thing I would like to, to do while we've got the time is refer to my book now on the Lubbock case now my my book on the Lubbock case is sold out and I I could go and get it reprinted but I'm getting on in life and uh, don't want to go to the trouble but what I have done about three months ago is I made the whole book free um for anyone who wants to um to have a look at the what's okay. the
0: t- what's the title of the book Anthony
1: not all white, spelt A W I G H D. Not or white, getting away with murder.
0: And can people find that? Is it available online? Not.
1: Right. Um, well, I I believe it's being sold on Amazon, but not with my consent. Um, and and at an inflated price. People have copied it and are trying to to sell it. Don't but don't buy it. Whatever you do, that you can get the whole book free from me by. Writing to my email address. Do you want me to give it now? Yes, please. So, A J S Sugar Bennett B E W N E W T at btinternet.com
0: And I will put that. Uh, I will put that up on the show notes.
1: If anybody writes to me that email, um, as soon as I see it, they'll get the whole book in um, download. Uh, only missing the photographs and the. Uh, diagram but everything else will be there in this download and um, please tell people they can get it and read it for themselves and they will see the nature of the cover-up the contradictions, the lies, the problems that the pathologist had in solving it, the fact that um, the pathologist concluded he was asphyxiated not drowned, it's all in there, it's all in my book all the detail.
0: And that title comes from Barrymore's statement he would say, "Ah, oh, white." he kind of had this little catch flurries so the title again is not a white uh, getting away with murder by uh, Anthony Bennett
1: that's it
0: is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up
1: well um, thank you for inviting me Um, I hope um, some of your listeners will will read up on the Lubbock case in more detail then I think it will prove to them that this was a hoax and a cover-up and I think it will also suggest to them very strongly that the police were corrupt in their investigation so uh, I'd like to wish you all well and Terry Lubbock would like to thank you as well for having um, um, showcased his case and um, he very much appreciates um, the good wishes and if anybody writes to me for the book if they want to have a message for Terry Lubbock who's not very well at the minute if they'd like to include a short message I'll pass it on to him.
0: Awesome. And again, the name is Anthony Bennett. The book is not a white getting away with murder. I'll put it up in the show notes. And we cover Daniel Morgan, Madeline McCann, and the unfortunate untimely death of Stuart Lubbock. Thank you so much, Anthony. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye.